the NFL Podcast is in gradual decline. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. I'm Dan Hansis. I come from a virtual room filled with some heroes. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. Do you guys, have you guys given any thought here as we come up on New Year's Eve? Um, we're back in our bunkers. Um, do you ever get the vibe that perhaps we have, like, the gods are in the midst of, like, workshopping some type of extinction-level event? And, you know, you know, a little drought here, a little fire there, a little mudslide here, a little pandemic here. Let's mix in some variants. And now we have biblical rainstorms in Los Angeles, which a city cannot deal with. Um uh, Mark, I know you're you're well read in the in the realm of uh, scripture. Uh, is this something? I feel like we're all about to break into Amy Mann uh, singing in our car as frogs fall from the sky. Yeah, I think there's something to it. Um, we've we've misused the earth uh, for our materialistic pursuits for thousands of years, um, and the earth is angry. Yeah, the gods I are mean, in uh, I, can't, I can't really top that as an answer. Yeah, gr- it might not be a gradual decline. Um, it might be a, like a swift decline that's going on. At least that's like the, you mentioned the mudslides. The, the mountain, the, the roads near us, near me at least, are, are like closed right now because cause the mountains are falling into uh, the earth and into the ocean. and covering, it's awesome. Covering it's awesome. I can feel the, <laughs> the rain pa- pounding on the roof here. Um, I hear sirens in the background. And I, ha- I have not mentioned yet, that this is, everybody, a very special edition of the Around the NFL podcast. It's the COVID-19 edition with Mark Sessler. Mark, I think that this was is where kid. you talked, Mark. <laughs> oh. I think, I think, yeah. um, yes, I have. I found out this morning. Um, I've been dealing with like a cough for the last like 24, 30, I don't know, it feels like a dream, but um, I got tested <clears throat> at work and I got it. I got the, the I got the Corona. It's, so it's you're in, in the me, club. it's in my body. Mm-hmm. There's a kickers club and there's a Corona club and now you're in it. Well, I think I picked the wrong club, but <clears throat> that, yes, it's um, you and you and Connie. That's um, too bad. It's too bad. Uh. You know, you're not feeling well. It sounds like, you know, I don't think you're going to do the whole show here. Appreciate, you know, just like seeing your face before we, we wish you Happy New Year, saying, saying goodbye for the rest of the show. I'm now feeling like even having you on for a few minutes seems unnecessary because you just don't look well. I I just, um <clears throat> like, I initially it was just like this cough. Don't alarm I think it's the just listeners, like, Mark, Greg. It's, no, it's going to be fine. Like, but um I, I feel uh like I'm in a dream, but someone else's dream. Like, I don't under, like it's think, like the last hour things started to get a little strange. And I, like, I just hope it's a quick thing. It seems like it should be fine. You know? Yeah. We're not trying to really make light of it, but at the same time, man, sometimes you got to try to smile and, uh, and try to get through life any way you can, but it is obviously a, a situation and went ahead and they postponed the, around the NFL broadcast tomorrow. So you know, I think it comes down to keeping it real with the audience. And I know, Mark, it was important to you because you didn't want to just disappear to let everybody know that uh, you're not feeling great. But uh, we hope to have you back on Sunday. And I think, uh, Greg, I speak for both of us and Ricky, 
thank you, buddy, for uh, gutting it out here and saying hello. Well, I don't know if I've gutted it out to appear for like 98 seconds on the show, but um, I thank you guys because like it annoys me more than anything <clears throat> because, you know, it was early in the year that I was hospitalized for various, not, you know, nonsense. And now this occurs. So I just um, I need this year to end. And I need the next year to begin, if that's the plan. Now, we don't, you're, to, to what you're describing that's mm. occurring on our earth, there's no guarantee um, that that's the next thing in the next chapter in our lives. I, I don't it, know what's next. It's been a tough year, to put it mildly. We, appre- we appreciate, you know, I guess off the topic, like I appreciate all the listeners that have stuck with us. Um, Thank you. The for ones that. listening to this episode, especially, it's like they could be on Christmas break. It's like the end of the season. Teams are out of it. If they've made it to this portion, Dan smiling here, that those are the real people. Because I don't blame the people that <laughs> stopped listening when when Chris died. To keep it real, like or that it was too hard for them too. It was hard to keep going, doing the show, um, or they dipped out for a while and like came back. Whatever, whatever you've done to come back here, or even if you haven't, like we we appreciate you because you're you're keeping us going. Thank you for what saying a- that. No, there you go, Mark. I did not say that in real time. <laughs> I I also appreciate the listeners. It's been a, a it's been a rough and rugged journey, um, but we're going to keep going. I Absolutely. Believe. So we will soldier on here with the week seventeen uh, preview. Uh, Mark, please uh, go get some rest. Uh, and um, if you're up for it, we'll see you Sunday. If not, guess what? The NFL was nice enough to add another se- another week to the regular season. So you can do next week's preview if 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 you can't do this week's but recap. I vow so just, that I will be there Sunday. I vow it. Well, thank and you I, for I saying thank that. you for handling this. What will probably be about a two hundred and twelve minute presentation to come next. I I um I salute you both. <laughs> thank you for what saying a, that. <laughs> thank you for saying that. There right. he goes, Mark Sessler. Get well soon, buddy. Uh, and then there were two, Greggy, uh, and we did. We scrambled the fighter jets uh, looking for a, a third, but ah! it's kind of hard to find somebody on short notice to do a pod that's not theirs for uh, over 60 minutes and maybe two hours. So uh, it's a two-hander with Ricky behind the virtual glass, and uh, we're going to get through it, Greg. Well, plus we got Mark's um, sound effects, you know, sound drops. I think we'll be fine. Basically, every <laughs> other podcast is like just two guys or two girls or one guy and one girl talking. So like we, we can handle this. We'll, right, we'll miss Mark. We will, but I don't. I, I don't even like the insinuation that the show will be fine. You know, without Mark. I mean, that's that's kind of what you were saying there. That's not the insinuation. I'm just saying, like us as a two person uh, entity, like we're professionals. We can handle this in a professional manner, and um, and really get people excited about the week 17 slate. Yes, let's uh, get into it. And if if I start floating away. Just know that I do give you the green light to finish the show um, solo and just keep rocking it. All right. If if you finish the show, I'm definitely not doing like the weird sponsored segments that you know after. We're <laughs> All right, let's get into it. It's a, obviously a huge week in the NFL here with uh, a lot of a lot on the line here with the playoffs. You got set against the backdrop of. Uh, as Mark's situation has illuminated here uh, once again, set against the backdrop of a global pandemic uh, and a strain of the COVID-19 virus that is taking out teams and leaving teams seriously shorthanded, just trying to survive. So we're going to talk about the teams that are affected by that. Uh, We're going to do it draft style. I think a good way to do it when we get to the draft, uh, Greggy, is 
Um, hoping Mark's back, and maybe if he's not back on Sunday, Nick Shook can step in. Uh, we could draft for Mark. So we'll we'll have to maybe we'll take turns, put ourselves in Mark's shoes, which probably just means draft the games that will be in our best estimation hideous blowouts that end quickly. <laughs> or we just give him the worst games possible and and see what happens there because that could be good like Mark reaction on Sunday when he finds out what we've done to. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right, let's start with the primetime games though, uh, and we'll kick it off with Sunday night football. The Minnesota Vikings at Green Bay Packers. This is a must-win situation for the Vikings who, I have to say, Greg, I, as someone who's followed the Vikings closely, who's um, really enjoyed their season, uh, being able to kind of live vicariously through Vikings fandom where the losses don't stick to my ribs, but the wins are pretty exhilarating, and even the games they don't win, uh, there's a lot of entertainment value. That has kind of gone by the board now. And what's left is a team that doesn't um, look particularly good on offense. And I know Dalvin Cook is off the COVID-19 list, so that will help. Um, A a defense uh, that was unable to get a big stop when it mattered against the Rams last week. So now they go to Green Bay, and their season's on the line. And if you're the Packers, you're 12-3. and You got the AFC North locked up. Now you're looking to lock up that number one seed. Uh, If they take care of business here, they're right there at the precipice. They should do it, and yet I just don't think it'll be easy because it's the Vikings, and Mike Zimmer's been so good against Aaron Rodgers over the years, including uh, a month ago. I know Rodgers played well in that game, but the defense made a couple plays um, to help be the difference. It'd be surprising if the Vikings can put up that many yards and points again. Remember, they won, what was it, 34-31. But this Packers team, like, they're not that dominant. They're they're a one seed, but they've barely outscored opponents this year. They're still really shorthanded on the offensive line. Their center, Josh Myers, um, is still out. Like Billy Turner, their tackle's still out. We keep hearing that Bakhtiari was going to come back someday. At some point, it's like, maybe he's not coming back. He, he's not back. Jair oh, he's on the old uh, Mekhi Becton comeback plan. Right. Um, same thing with Zedaria Smith. Jair Alexander is supposedly 50-50 to play in this game and is practicing. So he was activated. He has not played for most of this season, and that's awesome news for the Packers. But... Yeah, I just think between their COVID situation, the Packers have a bunch of COVID um, issues this week. It's more depth. It's in their secondary. But, like, I just sort of expect this to come down to the last final few plays. And in general, the Packers have won games like that. And that would be the way, I think, for this Vikings team, Dan, that we've watched all year and kind of enjoyed, to really put a capper on it. They're not going to just lose some boring game as touchdown underdogs they're gonna make it hurt for their fans and they're gonna like lose right at the end and there'll be another one of those like Aaron Rodgers I'm just enjoying the moment like post-game press conference you know, things. It's just <laughs> you a know lot of that. I, I can see that and yet I can't <laughs> shake the feeling that they've peaked as an okay. entertainment brand okay. and the inconsistencies under Mike Zimmer um I wrote about this in the power rankings they it's become tedious to the fan base and it's fair to wonder now if it's going to be considered untenable by ownership, because I thought, you know, they came out pretty flat. Their season was essentially on the line at home against the Rams, and they just got beat. And I know the Rams are a very good team, but Matthew Stafford uh, played poorly in that game. Give Minnesota credit for making those plays on defense, the turnovers, but a lot of those balls were just he's throwing them up for grabs, and, and they took advantage of those opportunities. And I just thought, as I watched the offense, and Adam Thielen, and this is something that I've come back to a couple times now, I since he went out with that ankle, 
you could closely tie the Vikings' downfall on offense, and now Thielen is out for the year, um, barring a deep playoff run for Minnesota. He's having ankle surgery. So he tried to come back last week after missing a couple weeks, re-aggravated it, went back in the game, uh, finished that game, and then was diagnosed with an injury that needed surgery. So Thielen's out of the picture. Um, I don't know where you come down on Osborne as a guy that could fill in and be that capable number two guy, but I think this is going to be different than uh, mm. the other Vikings games. I think this is a game the the Packers win, let's say, 34-24, and they just kind of take care of business, and Aaron Rodgers will be interviewed after the game. And did you see the Aaron Rodgers post-game interview on Christmas? Yeah. Because I found yes. it notable uh, when Rodgers was talking about Rasul Douglas and the big impact he has had, here was the Rodgers conversation with Aaron Andrews when they were socially distanced, and then they were in a deep embrace immediately after the interview. Hit it, Ricky. <laughs> you know, we got a little conservative there in the, in the fourth quarter, but, uh, you know, we got a first down when it counted, and obviously Rasul and the defense has been so incredible. I mean, talk about an all-time pickup midseason. Uh, Rasul Douglas has yeah. changed our defense, changed our team, and proud of our guys it's not pretty but uh it's a win i want to assume that the general manager brian gutekunst had a, a big role in signing russell douglas off the cardinals practice squad in october does that count as a compliment uh toward goody and is it starting to feel like aaron Rodgers is back this was an unsolved mysteries that i almost mm. threw out there about what how this all plays out but i thought that was notable greg that he was giving the front office some love there in a very public spot i think he'll be back First of all, he doesn't hold all the cards here. He's under contract for another year, and they said, ooh, we'll talk about it. Contracts okay. don't I, matter in the NFL I, anymore. But. I think they're just going to get – I think he's going to want more money. I think they're going to give it to him because how could they not – and I think it was notable this week. He also said, I'm not going to – I'm going to have an answer pretty soon after the season. I won't make them wait around. And already that's showing a consideration – for the team that he certainly wasn't showing a year ago. I think he knows what he's going to do, and I think he wants to get get paid and maybe get Jordan Love out of that building. This goes across all... Ooh, Jordan Love taking a sniper shot at the end there. This well, cuts I just across, mean like he'll just be like, hey, can you just get rid of Love too, you know, right. by the way? Why not? This cuts across, or maybe he doesn't see Jordan Love as a threat, so he it's doesn't possible. mind if Jordan Love's still in the building at this point. But uh, it doesn't matter what sport it is. Winning cures everything and puts everybody in a better mindset. However, if things turned south and there was a sour ending to the season, yeah, things could change Fair. as well. So a I lot. feel robbed of our film room experience, though. I was looking, This would be a fun one. We would have been in there watching this game Sunday night. It's kind of been building to these late games. Like we were mm-hmm. going to be there. You know, we got Chris Rose there. We got MJD. We got the producers. Like um, I feel robbed of that. Maybe we'll get Week 18. Like it's it, true. It will be Browns Bengals to win the AFC North. Maybe we'll. We've be been there. in the NFL Network theater. The building is mostly shuttered at this point uh, on some, and some level, so we won't be uh, at the office on Sunday. Uh, I do like asking MJD about his uh, random apartment complex that he owns in Kansas City that he, you know, somebody talked him into it as an investment, and he's, like, just telling me, like, how he's got that thing, you know, in better condition and, and cleaned up the tenant situation. And I'm just like, tell me all about it, MJ. Tell me about your random apartment condo complex in Kansas City. <laughs> I mean, that's that's more interesting than the game to me, talking about his real estate endeavors. He's got a lot of inside stuff. I'm not going to reveal who his sources and stuff, but he has been ahead of the game on some big breaking news stories. So MJ is a great, a great source. He has. All right, let's uh, move to the other primetime game. I kind of get why Mark, on top of uh, not feeling well, wasn't really looking to hang around and talk Cleveland Browns at Pittsburgh Steelers, because I think 
Mark mm. count him as one of the Browns fans. It just feels like the um, anvil is hanging over the heads of everyone in the franchise at this point. The season has been very frustrating, um, but it kind of comes down to this now. They uh, they need this game. Where are we at your, with your, Greg, your playoff calculations? Cleveland, Pittsburgh, is it losers done? Are we at that level? I know Pittsburgh's tie makes things a little more interesting. They depend on what happens in the Sunday games, but if the Bengals and Ravens both lose and they're both underdogs, Bengals have the Chiefs, Ravens have the Rams, uh, then the Browns can be winning in. Then this is like a, a game here where the Browns can force their way uh, into winning the division. And the same is true for, for the Steelers if they won this game. They, they wouldn't control their fate because they would still be um, just trying to stay alive and hoping for a Bengals loss in Week 18. But that's the thing. Like Of all the weird scenarios this week, I feel like this is the most realistic. Okay, we'll get to those other two games, but I think they're underdogs for a reason. I think the Browns will go into this game knowing that they're still alive in the AFC North. And I think they've got a great offense to go up against this lousy Pittsburgh run defense. They are 30th in the league in run defense DVOA. For all the grief that Ben Roethlisberger has understandably taken this year because their offense is unwatchable, they haven't scored a touchdown in six straight games. Going, That's the first time uh, the Steelers have done that, going back to 1940 in the first half. A touchdown in the first half for six straight games. Uh, their defense stinks, too, and a bad run defense. I know they played well the last time against the Browns, who were kind of banged up at the time. But a terrible run defense has given up rushing yards to every team against Cleveland. This is winnable. And even with Mark not here, I'm hopefully he's going to listen to this because I'm locking it up for the Browns. Oh! You know? They, they served me well last week. I, the Rainmaker, uh, Rainmaker, Mark, you know, won some Mark, money. Did they didn't win the that? game, but they did, they you did cover it. Thank you. What, a, that. what was that, Mark? Thank you for what saying a, that. <laughs> Stupid. Just trying to clear the runway for that drop, but I couldn't get Greg to pipe down. All right, so you have been overvaluing the Browns all season. Um, I don't know why. You still have this feeling that the Browns are a good team. You, I think you said they have a good offense. They don't have a good offense. I said they have a good offense to go against this Pittsburgh team. Which I don't is a care. Great who, I mean, game. personally, they just I don't ran care who for, they're going against. They just ran for 200 yards on the Packers, uh, they, and they're going to get healthier in terms of their COVID list on their offensive line. Uh, they get two of their best players back. I, I feel good about this. And by the way, the, you know, the Rainmaker, uh, they, won us, they won some money last week. Fictional money. All right. Well, since that uh, their season high point, which was that forty-one sixteen win over the Bengals, uh, eh, way back in Week Nine, here's their point totals in games. And I don't want to oversimplify things, Greg, but points matter. It ultimately comes down to points: seven, thirteen, ten, twenty-four, fourteen, twenty-two. This is not a high-scoring team, and I know Pittsburgh's not a high-scoring team. So I, I guess you could say. The Browns could, you know, win a 2017 game. I wouldn't rule it out because I don't think Pittsburgh's very good at all. Um, but I just don't think, and I'm not saying you're saying this, but I feel like you're kind of still hinting at it that there's going to be some special Cleveland energy, and there's going to be a big performance here, and they're going to once again remind us why uh, some people mm. are picking them as a Super Bowl team. I think that ship has sailed. No, I think they're a they're middling both, team. Both teams are wor- so much worse than when they played each other in the playoffs. Both teams. These but you deep- locked up the Browns just now, and I'm just curious what you saw in the last two weeks, and now uh, Pittsburgh, I know, is a middling team themselves that are struggling, but like you feel that confident that they're a better team that are going to beat the Steelers? That surprises me. Well, you, well, you got to pick one, one of these, and uh, 
I'm well out of the lock race anyways. I I don't believe in this Steelers team whatsoever. They're so bad on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Yes, yes they could win. Um it's Ben Roethlisberger's last home start ever. You know, <laughs> p- they're trying to sell tickets. I I saw this like, you know, for extra money like come to see Ben's last performance, you know, and it's going for a lot on the secondary market. So they'll be juiced up, but man, this team is broken like every Passing play is a difficult four-yard completion. The defense isn't good. I just think the Browns are are a better team. All right. We will see how it plays out. I think it's a field goal game. Um, certainly wouldn't be surprised if the Browns win, but I wouldn't be surprised. Thank the you other for saying that. And, you know, <laughs> I think we're going to see something here with the Steelers before we uh, move to the draft in the offseason because, yes, Ben basically has come out and said it now. This is it for him. Um, I think – because they have T.J. Watt, because they uh, believe they have Minka Fitzpatrick, they have pieces on each side of the ball. Um, Deontay Harris, Juju Smith-Schuster, Najee Harris, like you, uh, Deontay Johnson. You, I think they're going to make a big splash for a quarterback in the offseason. Like, and it's not a great draft class for QBs, and I don't know if they're looking to develop one right now. I, I know it's not a Steelers move, but that's like an early prediction. Maybe I should have saved it for a sandwich prop. It's not too late that the Steelers come out of the offseason with a veteran quarterback of note. We'll see I can see that. I can see that. All right, let's pause right here. we got a break. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back. Let us now move to Sunday. Uh, there is no Thursday night game, so we got a butt-ton of games here, Greggy. Yeah, we got to pick up the pace. No bye weeks, so let's get into the draft. I have the first pick, followed by Mark, followed by Greggy. All right, here we go. I didn't even get a chance to kind of take a look at this. It's a great, Things have been a little a weird. Week. It's important. This is a big week. I will start, uh, though, with Kansas City at Cincinnati. That feels like a good one. That's right? probably the that's the consensus one. That's right, the good. Trevor Lawrence. It doesn't always work out well, but uh, that's the consensus. Oh, one. don't count out Trevor yet. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, Kansas City at Cincinnati. Here we go. Because the Bengals are the best team in the AFC North. I think we've seen enough. But at the same time, we've also been sucked into the Cincinnati experience already this year. Uh, Mark Sessler did, notably, um, when they won those back-to-back games and they got blown out by the Chargers and then lose a home game in overtime to the 49ers and came down to earth, let the division catch back up again uh, before these last two wins. But I don't know, am I crazy, Greg, that it feels different this time? Uh, the fact that it's later in the season, the fact that Burrow delivered a historic passing performance um, on Sunday. I know the Ravens are absolutely destroyed by injuries and COVID, but it still was meaningful to see them bully uh, a team that has bullied them for decades. And I I think there's some momentum here that could lead to something special happening against Ooh. the Chiefs. Uh, something that... Because imagine what happens. Imagine a scenario, Greg, and I'm not locking up the Bengals, but imagine a scenario where Cincinnati beats the Chiefs, ends Kansas City's eight-game winning streak. Think how we'll be thinking about the Bengals at that moment. They will all of a sudden seem like an AFC legit real-deal contender. And in this strange year, I don't think that's a crazy thought. I kind of like Cincinnati's chance to, chances mm. to keep their momentum going here. Well, the difference is that Joe Burrow is like a top five quarterback right now. I think something clicked him for him in that Pittsburgh game 
Now, it's weird because I know they lost the following two weeks, but that's, that's why I like doing QB index. In those two following weeks where they lost, he played sensational. And I, it almost felt like they, they weren't letting Burrow cook. And last week they let Burrow cook. And I hope that's their plan moving forward because they can't count on this defense to hold Kansas City down. I, they have such a unique um, skill set in having two outside receivers in Higgins and, and Chase. I know Boyd's great in the middle and everything, but no one else has two outside receivers quite like that. And Burrow, um, mentally, like going through his progression so fast, like his pocket movement, I know today that Spagnolo compared him to a young Brady, which is which is a lot, but I think maybe it's the pocket movement that really gets him talking like that and just like the quickness. There was a touchdown to Mixon last week where like he saw his first two, you know, reads were donezo so quick that he gets the ball to Mixon in time for Mixon to make a play after the catch and go score a touchdown. And that's the type of Brady type stuff that, that Burrow does. Um yeah, I, I totally can see Burrow keeping it up. It just feels like I'm with you that he is now jumped up a level. He's leveled up here. And um, the I love, I love his attitude. He, he reminds me in some ways of Baker in terms of um, a personality that he's feisty, that he plays with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, uh, but he has more, he has elite skills as a passer. And he, you know, as you talked about, I think on the broadcast last week, he's moving really well. Um, so he's just, I think playing the game with so much confidence. Uh, Kansas city's defense obviously has been good all season. They carried them um, during some really rough times for the offense, uh, you know, during most of the season. It is it is uh, notable that they've been a much better team um, defensively at home this year. They've allowed mm. 17 points per game at home, uh, almost 25 per game on the road. The last time they were on the road, uh, it was a game I was at here at SoFi Stadium and the Chargers and, and Justin Herbert, another young sensation quarterback, uh, really had his way with the Chiefs defense in multiple spots. I know they made some big fourth down stops there, but they were moving the ball up and down the field on them. So, you know, it's one of those things where I respect what Kansas City's done on defense, but I I don't feel like this is the 85 Bears. This is not the 2000 Ravens, and I could see Burrow moving. And I like a shootout here, Greg, and I like I like the Bengals in like a 34-31 wow. win that changes uh, the temperature in the AFC. Wow. Let's do it. I'm not with you at all. In fact, I'm going the whole opposite way. You convinced me that the Browns maybe weren't the best lock in the world. I'm locking up the Chiefs here. (laughs) I'm changing my mind because it's like the old times. You don't get that many chances to lock up the Chiefs. When when Byron Pringle is running all over you, to me that felt like this like canary in the coal mine edition. It's like, ooh, the, the Chiefs are back. When Byron Pringle and Derek Gore are dropping 30 on you in a first half, I'm like, okay, they're getting their secondary guys. Mahomes looks so comfortable last week. I think Burrow could keep up in a shootout, but I don't think it's a fair fight because I, I do think the Chiefs defense is a lot better than the Bengals defense. So I'm locking them up. I, you, you, right. you convinced me. I still like I, that Browns pick, but uh, I like the Chiefs more. Okay, that's fair. All right, let's uh, now move to the Mark pick. I will. Uh, I'll pick for Mark first here, Greg. Um, what do we want to do? Do we want to give him bad games for fun? No, I mean, no. Nah, he's under the weather. We should be nice. What would Mark want to cover? I think that's a well. I I have self interest here, and I can't even pretend you know that I don't care. I because I do care about what I'm watching this Sunday. It's week seventeen. So, sneaky, okay. sneaky good week. You know, these last two weeks, like <laughs> things are finalized. You know. 
Hang I on like a this second. Week. All right. So you uh, usually you, I don't you, care, but this week I care. So I'm picking four, Mark. You ha- it's snakes with you. So you get the next two picks. So you just got to hope that I don't pick that game that you really want right now. Right. That's what we're getting at here. I don't. Yes, that's true. I should have kept my mouth shut. Arizona Dallas. That's it. I, yeah. No, I won't take it. I just was guessing, and I guessed correctly. Let's give. Uh, let's give Mark. <laughs> let's give, give him Miami Dolphins at Tennessee Titans. Game. That's a good yeah, game. He'll good. like that. That's game. good. That would have been my next one too. Um. All right. So, the Dolphins. We know the story now. First team ever to lose seven in a row, win seven in a row, same season. Uh, two has been pretty good. I still, I'm not blown away by Tua, but I know he's obviously played a role in this um, comeback season for the ages here. Jalen Waddell, um, I really liked uh, the George Godsey game plan. They seem to understand that this is the guy they need to unlock week after week, the way uh, Kyle Shanahan uses Debo Samuel, for instance, to, like get the ball in this guy's hands. He's a playmaker. Uh, but here is a test now. This is a test. I've been waiting for this so long, Greg. For the Dolphins. Maybe this is the AFC East guy in me. It's like, uh, it, not that there's been a parade. Oh, I see you Dolphins. and Hank going back and forth on Twitter. You don't yeah. like that the Dolphins fans are chirping right now. I don't like it because I feel like they should also get it a little bit. And I think they do. They just don't want to say it. Um, that they need to have a, a real impact win uh, or a, a high-profile win. Maybe I'll give you the Thursday night against the Ravens uh, a month ago. Uh, but we know where the Ravens season was heading. Um, but that doesn't matter. I will say this about the Dolphins. I thought the game against the Saints, even though it was a totally stacked deck against New Orleans, obviously, with Ian Book playing, I think Miami, in prime time, having the time of their lives, flying around the field, I think it might ha- carry more weight than some might hmm. think. I think they're starting to really believe now. Like they, I think they... I, I got the vibe of a team that's going to go into this week Knowing, A, there's a lot of knuckleheads like me that are doubting them, and B, uh, feeling like they can beat everybody now. So I think it's a dangerous game. I'll start there. You take it away. Yeah, I mean, they got to feel, like, really confident (laughs) after winning seven games. These two teams are so similar, though. They're, like, really good defensive fronts. They're really good defensive game plan teams where they change who they are depending on the week. Very flexible secondaries. Like, Tennessee's defense to Mike Vrabel's credit, is a lot better this year than it's ever been before. Uh, two really bad offensive lines, two quarterbacks that kind of have to overcome it. Each team have their, like, one wide receiver um, that stands out uh, in, in A.J. Brown and Waddle. But that's that's why I like the Titans just by a little in this game because, to me, Tannehill on nights like that San Francisco game, he's pretty close to special. I know he's not, like, elite, but he hit eight third and longs in that game. Eight! And, like, yeah. half of them is while he's getting blasted. Um, and I just love that, watching that dude. I just think he's kind of turned into this uh, underrated quarterback, and they've been in these games. And I guess I'm not quite ready to give Tua and Waddle the edge when I see so many similarities otherwise. Yeah, Miami's defense is probably a little bit better, but it's not that different. I think Tennessee and and this team that, has killed me, by the way. I was talking with Graver. I think I'm like, I think I like locked up against the Titans probably three or four times this year and was wrong every single time. So that's <laughs> that's the story of my lock season, but it's kind of the story of like anyone doubting this Titans team. Yeah, and 
I think Tannehill, you may have heard that he was a wide receiver at Texas A&M before he became a quarterback. <laughs> Maybe it makes sense like when you connect the dots that he's a tough-ass dude because you cannot play wide receiver at any level uh, if you're afraid to get hit or can't take a hit. And he just gets walloped and always seems to pop back up, hangs in the pocket, keeps his eyes downfield. Uh, I like Tannehill. And I think sometimes, Greggy, with the locks game, and I am ahead in the locks, um, I have a two-game lead on Mark with – uh, two weeks ago in the regular season, we count the playoffs as well. So I'm in a good position. Um, and I don't like to something. I think Mark has gotten into trouble with where you kind of want to, you're picking locks to kind of get behind a team that you believe in. Cause that's, that's picking locks with your heart, not your head. Mm. But sometimes you got to kind of, you got to put your money where your mouth is. So if I'm saying, I don't really believe in Miami and I'm saying, Ooh. I thought that Tennessee win against San Francisco Kind of, it was almost like they had disappeared from the picture. They were gone for a month and a half, and they were back with AJ Brown. So I like Tennessee here. I like them so much that I'm going to lock them up uh, on Sunday to take out the Dolphins and break Henry Hodgins' heart. Uh, you're not playing the uh, Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle anymore, Dolphins fans. Now you got a real opponent. That's good. You got to stand behind your take. I feel like you've been dogging this Dolphins team. Plus, this is what you can do with the two game. Lead. Yeah, I've got this lock trophy here right next to me, Dan. I'm the back-to-back defending champions. I'm not going to be winning this year. Uh, Do I solo get that? champ. No if ties. No off? nothing. And by the way, it was like it was like Cruise City. I didn't even have to sweat out the the final conference <laughs> championship or Super Bowl. You might be headed that way. I got to bring this in because it's no longer mine. I'm I'm uh, I'm well out of it. Well, Dan, I don't know if this matters, but as of maybe four minutes ago, A.J. Brown still not practicing on Thursday. What's his malady? Fit, I was not aware. People are saying, like, in the comments, it was a Roto World tweet, people were saying COVID, like, follow the tea leaves or let him rest because it's a, not going to be a, you know. Well, I will not be locking game. up the Titans if A.J. Brown's not playing Got because it. we've certainly seen enough of the Titans without A.J. Definitely. Brown this year. So thank Julio, you for that, Ricky. Julio and a, and a number of other people, including Westbrook, Aquina, went on the COVID list on Monday, it should be noted. But based on the new rules... Those guys could come off by Sunday. As right. we tape this, this stuff is all... all it's know. fluid. It is fluid. All right. Now, Greg, it uh, moves to you. Okay. I'm taking that Cardinals-Cowboys game. It's it's by far... Um, Did you see the act? You see that act of kindness? That was nice. I I admit, I, I don't normally really care what spot I'm picking. I'm happy with whatever game. I'm going to watch them all anyways. But it's like week 17... We've got clinching scenarios. We've got, like, how is this story going to end scenarios? Mm -hmm. Like, I want to see this game and the other two late games are kind of dogs. They moved them out of the way so this one can get a big rating. And uh, I want to see, like, the Cowboys uh, in a real spot. They've kind of had an easy schedule, too, here, Dan. As they've been beating up these NFC East teams with their defense and when their offense was struggling, uh, there hasn't been a lot of, like, okay, statement Cowboys games. And when you had one, it was against the Chiefs and it didn't go very well. So you got the Cardinals. And one reason I'm excited about this game is I saw on Thursday, Rodney Hudson back at practice, Rondale Moore back at practice, James Conner back at practice. Uh, But, you know, Hopkins isn't coming back right now, but especially Hudson and Conner, like people kind of overlooked that in that Colts game because it's like both sides have these COVID issues and you don't know like which one matters more. But it's like that offense just can't handle losing that many good players. James Conner has been amazing. Hudson is is an all pro type center. And so they're back. And so I, I like 
I like the Cardinals plus five at the very least. I'm not giving away that many points to Kyler Murray in 2021. I haven't. I don't care how he's looked lately, but I'm just excited to see see what happens in this game because if the Cowboys' offense really is hitting their stride as we get into the playoffs, like they could get that one seed with a little help here from Minnesota. They have the tie breaks on the one seed, Dan. So if they win these two out and the Packers lose, like they're going to get the one seed, which would be totally crazy. Yeah, I mean, uh, 13 and four it would be well earned. I think. Uh... I was getting some heat. I was taking some fire with the power rankings because I didn't move the Cowboys into the top five off the Washington win. But I think what you need to do with some of the where we are in our league right now is like, all right, so they put up, they had a 42-7 halftime lead. Like that was a Washington team that wasn't a very good team to to start with that was missing, missing a ton of guys to injury and COVID and a quarterback who couldn't even lift a laundry basket a couple days before the game. So while I credit everyone involved for the 56-14 win, because that's always a good thing to do in the NFL, uh, let's calm down with acting like now the Cowboys are locked and loaded to run to the Super Bowl. However, they go and they, they lay it on Arizona here. Um, I'm all in on, on Dallas. So I think it's like kind of like, all right, Dak looked a lot better in his two and a half quarters. Um, now if he does it against a team that has, um, you know, they're playing with urgency here. They still have a chance at the NFC West, uh, the Cardinals here. Um, I know it's not looking so hot after the three straight losses. I agree with you, James Conner, especially, um, and always offensive line uh, play and health is vital, but Connor has been such a huge part of what they do. You can't take Connor and Hopkins out and expect uh, Kyler Murray to continue to to do his job. Um, so that's a big addition. I just wonder if the Cardinals, and you talked about it on Tuesday, I think a little bit, or maybe it was Sunday. Like, I wonder if they're just they've taken on some water here mentally. That, and I wonder with the coaching staff if they're up to the challenge here of digging out of this hole. I'm not yeah. sure if they're there. I think it's a coaching mismatch. I like the Cowboys coordinators better in general. Uh, and the Cardinals can still win the NFC West. They're only one back of the, the Rams. The Rams play the 49ers next week, uh, who have been kind of a nightmare matchup for them. So, like, this is this is a big game. If the Cardinals lose, they'll they'll be locked into that into that five seed. It's a great game, though. And I think it's uh, – I, I assume this is going to be a uh... – a Buck and Aikman game, right? Yeah, it is. They, it feels like they're born Romo's for this game. In, Romo's at Cincinnati, Kansas City early for you. Oh, look at that. I, I actually, you know, when you were giving me a little guff for uh, crowing about the Denver uh, Raiders game last week, I kind of stumbled into a Romo game, right? Oh, no, no, it was Pittsburgh. I was Pittsburgh. I had that game as well. Uh, and, and Romo suffered through that game like the rest of us. Um, all right, it's snakes to you. All right, I'll take um, the Rams-Ravens early. I um, don't know as we tape this if Lamar Jackson's going to start, but I'm guessing that he won't. They had some footage at practice. Mm. Did you see that on Wednesday? I did. He was walking with a limp. <laughs> Not running with a limp. Not running at, at half speed. Walking with a limp. It looked like that Marshall, the clip of Byron Leftwich at Marshall, where like his offensive linemen end up carrying him <laughs> down the field. Like Lamar could barely get from the 20 to the 40. What are we doing here? And then he didn't practice on Thursday. It, it, to be clear, by the way, all those Cardinals guys, they said they were back at practice. We don't know for sure if they play, but usually that's a great sign. The fact Lamar is out of practice after giving it a go is a pretty strong indication to me um, that this miracle is not coming for this team. Tyler Huntley was taken off the COVID list. The, the Ravens, who had 
it felt like their whole team on the COVID list at some point has basically everyone off. So even though they're still very injured, uh, they don't have the COVID problems right now. But it shouldn't matter because the Rams are going up against the 30th ranked pass defense, according to DVOA in Baltimore. And I know Stafford struggled last week, but you just think that the Rams have the players to take advantage. It's really not all about quarterback and you know, offense for Baltimore. I think they've done a, a good enough job if they somehow had an old school Ravens defense, but they just haven't had that all year. And injuries, I think, have hurt the, the defense more than anything. Yeah, I especially, and and Tyler Huntley looked good, obviously, uh, before he disappeared on the COVID list, but uh, I don't like the way this shapes up at all uh, for the Ravens, a team that's that's taken on too many hits at this point. Now, do we put anything into the Rams traveling cross-country, a game they should win, maybe having a flat performance? I do not rule this team out for for something like that, although I really have liked what I've seen from the Rams the last couple of weeks. I love the way they played against the Vikings. They just were the better team for four quarters in a game where the Vikings should have had all the urgency uh, to put up a one last stand at home. So I really like where the Rams are at as, as a team. Their offense made big plays with Cooper Cup. The defense made big plays. Uh, special teams made a huge play on a punt return. Um, so I the Rams are, would be my pick in this game if I were uh, mm. in the Rosenthal game pick situation. Uh, but... I guess there is something to be said for the Ravens and their their coaching and their eye of the tiger in a big spot here. I think maybe it's a, a close game, but I like the Rams. Right. I mean, if you think about before last week, the Ravens were in one score games going back five, six weeks against, against some good teams, including the Packers. So they've been feisty and they have the best special teams in the league and the Rams have just about the worst. So if you're looking for something to hang your hat on uh, Ravens, it would be it would be special teams. I could see them stepping up. I still feel like they're dangerous somehow. Like if they could somehow win one of these last two games and get a ton of breaks, like I would not want to see uh, John Harbaugh and Lamar in a one game situation. Odell Beckham, by the way, I have some numbers for you before we move on. I just wanted to throw this out here. He's yeah. played the exact same games amount of games for the Browns and the Rams. For the Browns, he had 17 catches, 232 yards. For the Rams, he has 20 catches, 248 yards. Uh, for both, he seems to have about three miscommunications with his quarterback every week. I I have not been on the it's Odell's fault sort of bandwagon, but something's going on here, and they need a secondary receiver to step up. Last week, if they had lost that game, it was partly because they couldn't find a completion to anyone not named Cooper Cup. Jefferson, ODB, the tight ends just were not getting it done, and ODB was a big part of it. Yeah, I... I obviously I've been tracking the same thing as well. And it's like, I thought it was unfair that, that Baker was hung out to dry the way he was in that, that whole situation. And I didn't think it was particularly noble the way Beckham handled himself there. And it doesn't surprise me because it's been, it's been a while since Beckham was a real, you know, impact player. Now he does have, I believe three touchdowns. Four. Since joining four. The Rams. That's a big four. difference. He didn't score it all for the Browns. And look, like he's helping them. They, it's better that they have him than they don't. And but if you, like, he, if I think you watch... they could use a little more if they want to go win a Super Bowl is what I'm saying. Right. He's he's weird because it's not a situation where it's like, well, it's because Beckham's not physically talented anymore. Like the route he run, ran on the touchdown against the Vikings was a great little route in the red zone. And it was like, oh, look how quick he is. And look how guys trying to cover him get lost. And he's had certainly moments uh, with both teams where he's been open and his quarterback has missed him. But I just don't know if he's a guy yet, like you're saying, uh, necessarily that you could trust as your locked and loaded number two. 
Um, this is going to be an important last few games of the season uh, for him. All right. Now, let us move now to the next mark pick, and you're on it. Oh, I'm on the mark pick? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, I'll take a late game for him then. He just doesn't have any Oh, choice. wait. Before we move on, yeah. there's someone else that has a comment Ooh. on this game. Ah. Hello, heroes. Phil again this week. I hope everyone <laughs> had a great Christmas. This week, we are picking the Rams over the Ravens. The Ravens' secondary got torched against the Bengals last week, and now they go up against Stafford, Cup, and OBJ. We expect the same results this week. Aaron Donald had six sacks in December and was named Defensive Player of the Month. He is sure to cause trouble for whoever is playing QB for the Ravens. Rams over Ravens. Lock it up. You know, I like Phil. Phil, they all bring a different little sizzle and style to it, but uh, Phil's more no frills. Phil's like... This is why I'm making the pick. This is what I'm thinking. There's, right. I'm not. It's. I just want more this. frills. Give me more frills, Phil. More, more. Um, <laughs> you know, don't. I don't well, need the offense, stop. defensive Wait player of the month. Give we me, want, give me no, some personality, or bring Mackey back. Hang on a second. Well, we'd love to have Mackey back in the mix, but let's <laughs> let Phil be Phil. Okay, That's we don't true. need him to be playing a different role. That's true. We don't want Phil trying to act like Nick, and we don't want Nick trying to act like Phil. That's true. Phil is. Um, is a beautiful guy. A, you know what Phil straight is? shooter. He's the same same Phil every day, which I love. Phil's a good dude. And he Phil's like really that warm sweater. You pull that warm sweater over your head, and you know you're in good company. You're safe. All right, let's move on. Phil's wife's <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> let's take a break. Be right back. All right, what's the market? <laughs> uh, I'm going to – this really would be Mark's pick. It's Houston, San Francisco in the late window. Uh, it's – not so only Mark's a, pick. Right. So it's, not Mark's a, it's just like not only a potential blowout, but it includes his 49ers. Uh, it's perfect. I, I'm almost disappointed that we don't have our um, network show. Well, I am disappointed, but like for the, the main reason is like I wanted to do a bit where we give the Texans two minutes because Davis Mills has earned it. You go stomp the Chargers out in what football outsiders had as one of the five Best offensive performances, uh, according to efficiency, of any team in any game all season by the Houston Texans They're offense awesome. last week. They scored a touchdown like every freaking drive. And so Mills playing a little well, and Trey Lance starting this game most likely for San Francisco. As we tape this, Jimmy G hasn't practiced yet. It is pretty, it is interesting. This is, this is a pretty, it's a lot more interesting than I would have expected this game to be a couple weeks ago. I think this is wild. I think it's, uh, I think this Trey Lance situation. Now, as we record this, Jimmy G uh, didn't rule out playing on Tuesday, I believe, or Wednesday. Right. But he didn't practice on Wednesday. I don't know uh, if has we have a, a torn pra- has a has a thumb injury and and yeah we didn't talk about that on Tuesday. He has a torn ligament in his thumb, the UCL, and then a chipped bone in that thumb. So the thumb's jacked up, um, and it makes all the sense in the world that you get a look at Trey Lance here in a very favorable matchup. Uh, I I think it's what makes it fascinating is if Trey Lance, let's say, okay, let's say Trey Lance starts against the Texans and runs for 93 yards and two touchdowns and completes 63% of his passes for another touchdown, doesn't turn it over. Like after what we've seen, and he electrifies the offense. Do you do you then go back to Jimmy G to close the season, or will Kyle Shanahan 
will it plant the seed that keep, that keeps Trey Lance maybe in the lineup? Is that potentially in play, you think? I know Jimmy oh, G has yeah. had moments oh, yeah. this year, but it's a I huge think, opportunity. I think Shanahan, it's not like he'd be rooting for this, clearly. He, Jimmy G was the guy he was going for. But I think he might be excited about this opportunity because Trey Lance taking over in Week 16 is not the same as Trey Lance taking over in Week 5. Number one... They're healthier offensively. They're better offensively than they were back then. Debo, Ayuk is rolling. Debo's healthy. Kittle's healthy. There were issues when Lance came in. He's also had a chance to practice and be around, and they, they said he's looked great at practice, yada, yada. But more than anything, it's like they're springing something new on defensive coordinators here. I think he would like that, that if if they can win this game, clinch a playoff spot, they're going to play the Rams next week. That'll be a tough test. Like whoever they play in the first round suddenly has to prepare for Trey Lance. And if you get the ball rolling downhill, they're they're not. I think they know they're not winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. I sort of expect at this point Trey Lance to be their starting quarterback the rest of the year, Whoa. unless he's bad. Unless he's bad, I have no idea how he'll play. But if he plays well, I would assume they're just going to go with it. Well, that's why it makes well, it's a big such a fascinating a big situation. Right. Now, and now factor this in, Greg, because this is really a huge storyline here. Um, I'm in my fantasy championship, okay? Back in August, uh, and it's your fault, but you know what? I shouldn't have been so... Um, had, my ears should have been more closed. I should have made my own decisions. You were so high on Lance. Well, I hope you listened to my decision to play Damian Harris over Michael Carter in the semifinals. That decision worked out pretty well. <laughs> it worked How about out beautifully. That? How uh, about great that? job. Thank you on that. Although Jeez. Michael Carter did have about 140 yards of offense. Oh, really? And touchdowns. there was someone else involved, too. A.J. Dillon. Yeah, we, yeah, we AJ pressed Dillon. him out. So I took Trey Lance in the fifth round of a fantasy draft in August. Okay. <laughs> I also took Christian McCaffrey and new Hopkins, And yet here I am in the finals. What a story this has been, but I, I held on to him for two months waiting for the moment where Kyle would say, let's do this thing. Let's roll it. And it just never happened. I think it was one of the more surprising aspects of the season to me that Jimmy G hung on to the job. So what did I do? I picked him up off waivers and I, I got I'm a little heat check, Greggy. Sliding Trey Lance into as my second quarterback. Over who? Uh, well, I don't really have a second quarterback this season, but uh, Taysom Hill or Tyler Huntley. Those are options. Ooh, Huntley's a pretty good option. Yeah, I, I mean, he's about been like well. cute. when he started, he's been like a top ten fantasy. But sometimes, type QB. but I, yes, I like Trey Lance. I like Trey the way Lance the the cosmos have lined up here this season for me. I feel like the football gods, the fantasy gods, are saying, "All right, we know you you wanted this. Here he is." in championship uh, week against the Texans. Is it going to happen? I don't know, but we'll see. I think it's just exciting. Forget about mm. uh, mostly focus on my fantasy matchup, everybody, but also <laughs> on what it could mean to the, in the NFC if Trey Lance balls out, if yes. he even plays. Yes. I don't know if I like him better than Huntley, though. I'm on the record there. Huntley, okay. I, I like. But uh, I think the Texans defense has been sneaky solid, I would say, for about half the season, the last half. They've been solid. They're a mid-level defense uh, in general. I think uh, so, I don't. I, not but the Rams defense is good because I did. I did kind of posit early in the uh, during the summer that David Culley was being asked to rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic and would be swept out. I would be very surprised if Culley didn't come back next year. I think they've like Dan Campbell has made the most of a little. They've, right? they've won the same amount of games this year uh, with Mills and Tyrod as they did last year with Deshaun Watson. How about that? Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> That's pretty crazy. All right, let's uh, move on. Now, 
heads to me. I, I want to grab a, a late game, but they're both very bad. So I'm gonna I'm gonna slide my eyes away from that and, and back into the early window. And why don't we go and get um, Las Vegas at Colts? Uh, the Colts are all right. Congratulations, uh, Raiders! No matter what happens in these last two weeks, people won't be able to say you completely collapsed at the end of the season. Even if you lose these last two games, I feel like they're in a little bit fitting considering the city they play in. It's a little bit of a house money situation for the Raiders now. They've staved off a really ugly end to their season. They they won these back-to-back December games by narrow margins to keep themselves in the playoff race. They beat uh, playoff contenders uh, to get back to 8-7. and seven. Now they go to Indy and... Again, welcome to the 2021 NFL season. As we tape this, Carson Wentz is in the COVID-19 protocol, uh, but they did change those rules. So if he is not positive, and I don't, unless I miss something, I haven't heard anything that he was actually, he had COVID-19. Um, you no, know, they they did confirm he had it, but oh, he, does he has to it. show no symptoms. So, so he'll get activated on Saturday. Don't get excited because they have to officially activate him regardless, so they will do that almost certainly unless he's definitely out. But then a doctor has to check him on Sunday morning and, like, say, okay, you don't have symptoms and clear him. So that's the right. process, according to uh, Stephen Holder of The Athletic. And, of course, he's he's not vaccinated, uh, Carson Wentz. So the chances that he does have lingering symptoms are greater than if he would have gotten the jab. So I think there's a wide assumption here now I've been – you know, reading in different places that he will be playing Sunday, but we'll see because he might be dealing with symptoms that are more serious or lingering uh, than someone who went and uh, went with the side of science. So here we are now with the situation where it could be Matt Ellinger. It's not going to be, Car- it's not going to be your boy, uh, Philip Rivers, uh, Greg, uh, but this changes something. This changes a lot for the Raiders potentially who might've lucked into a, a golden opportunity here, but we will find out. Right, and everyone just kind of assumes the Colts are in the playoffs just because they're so good. But if they lost this game with Sam Ellinger, it's it's suddenly back up for grabs here, which is right. which is crazy for them going into Week 18. I actually think they could win a game, the Colts, with Sam Ellinger, even though I have a lot of concerns about Sam Ellinger. I I would guess the Colts would go from being about a six point favorite, which is what they are now, six and a half, to like a two-point favorite. They still, two or three, they still will be favored uh, in the desert. Uh, to me, it'd be more of a, a coin flip, but I think the reason why it would they'd have a real chance, not just because their running game is so good, um, but because their defense is, is solid. And I think all it takes right now is a solid defense to keep the Raiders under about 17 points. There's no Darren Waller. He started practice. He was going to practice, and then he got COVID nineteen. So he was back from the injury, and then he got COVID nineteen, and it happened so late in the week. I'm pretty sure he is out, out, and so it's going to be tough for me I, to imagine that the Raiders like run away with this game if it's Ellinger starting. So it's probably Wentz, though, right? I mean, it's probably Wentz. Probably, but again, because he's not vaccinated, you don't know like where her symptoms are at, and they're probably or, or even uh, you know we know vaccinated people who are feeling symptoms five days deep into this. And, and we've heard from NFL players that have, I think it's the exception, but um, I just, what well, my point is that it, you, we don't know anything that you could definitely be having symptoms five or and six. And there's another in. component to this yeah. because, and this is not 
speaking, you know, for the NFL on any level, but the NFL is just trying to survive now and get through the season. And they, they've relaxed these rules to get guys back on the field. I don't know. Like, is there, you don't have to pass a test, right. To get back on. You just have to clear some type of medical protocol. And that feels like something that can be skirted. Well, I think that's a fair, fair point. It basically, you're supposed to be asymptomatic and a doctor's going to check on you. So, but you don't have to. But it's test a team negative. doctor. No, no. In so, fact, there a lot of. I think um, players. You know, we saw all these players come off the COVID list in mass this week, and they. It's not like they were necessarily testing positive or negative. They were just were they had done their five days. So, so we're all grown ups here. If if he's not ill, um, and yeah. the Colts doctor uh, has to decide whether he's playing or not, and the Colts really need the win because they they're in the playoffs with a win, yeah. Unless he's really under the weather. We'll see. We shall see. What a world. What a world. The Colts, uh, three-game winning streak. They've won six of seven. They clinch a playoff spot with a win. And they're one game behind Tennessee. Tennessee obviously owns a tiebreaker because of the head-to-head. So Tennessee wins one game or the Colts lose one game. Tennessee wins the division. But there is even a possibility the Colts win out. Tennessee loses out. The Colts win the division. But the Jaguars are on the Tennessee schedule. Don't forget. All right. Now, snakes to me? Yep. <sighs> Shoot. Oh, no. I gotta, I'm got i going to have to grab one of these late games. You might as well pick the one you want. There's two lesser games. I know your style, though. You're just going to be watching Cardinals-Cowboys anyways, along, along with your game. You know, you'll be professional <laughs> about it. That's fine. You're the host. It makes sense. I got to have my eyes on these big games. All right. Let me grab. uh, Yeah, I'll grab. I'll watch Sam Darnold against the Saints. What the hell? It has playoff implications. Saints. Saints are a lot more. They're kind of the one team I think people don't realize are very much alive. They are alive. They're very much alive. Yeah. So you have Sam Darnold is now the starter once again. For the Panthers, Cam Newton sounded like a guy who might even be ready for retirement in his postgame comments uh, comments this week so we'll see where cam's future is but it's not on the field unless darnold gets hurt here um we know where carolina is they're playing out the string with a lot of questions once the season ends the saints on the other hand um greg it's time to do our our weekly check-in what's going on with their offensive tackles <laughs> i don't think they're back i don't think they're back ram check and armstead i should have i should have had that ready all right, well, maybe uh, while I pump up this game, maybe check an injury report. Let's see where they're at, because obviously that matters. I thought it was really difficult to watch. First of all, Taysom Hill activated off COVID. So I think Trevor uh, Simeon as well. So thankfully, Ian Book back to third string. And um, if anybody deserves a make good from the football gods, Ian Book down the line, okay? A couple of years from now, maybe something really, he he gets in a Monday night game or something and, and there's something dramatic happens and he gets to get interviewed after the game. I, good luck to you, Ian Book. Notre Dame. So you're probably going to have Taysom Hill back, who's not very good, but he's better than Ian Book at this stage of his career. Alvin Kamara, I thought, was very, it was very hard watching that game. Um, an overmatched uh, Saints offense with a rookie quarterback and Kamara just hung out to dry with a bad offensive line, no quarterback play, no wide receiver help really on the outside. Um, and it was just kind of depressing because you know how good he is to be stuck in an offense like this. Uh, so I, I I think they could take advantage of a Carolina team that's just kind of regressed across the board as the season's gone on. 
Um, but do I think this is a lock it up, easy win for the Saints? I don't think that exists mm. for the Saints team. I agree, and yet it's almost out of the lock zone. It might be. They were a touchdown favorite in this game. That is how uh, little faith anyone has in this Panthers team right now because they have COVID issues. They, they had a lot of players put on on Monday, another thing where some could come off. Uh, they're also short their left tackle, Cam Irving. Stephon Gilmore got hurt uh, last week and isn't going to play. I'd be surprised if he played again uh, this season. But one thing that is in my mind, at least, when it comes to this matchup, because, you know, it's the same it's the same personnel, except it's worse in New Orleans, is that the Panthers destroyed the Saints in Week 2. It was definitely, the, I would say, the high point oh, of the come Panthers on. season. Come on, are we even talking about this? I'm just saying they killed them. It was like a, I couldn't believe it. It was a bloodbath, um, right. especially defensively. So a lot of those defensive guys for Carolina are still there, and, and I would think they'd have a chance to keep it close. But it's hard to imagine Sam Darnold scoring a lot of points here. Sam Darnold did not look any different or better last week in no. that game. He took some bad sacks. It was It's a tough scene, though. Like They, never, they haven't fixed their offensive line problems where they just like can't handle stunts. It's like the same problem every week. Uh, t- opposing teams just do games up front and the guards in Carolina have no idea what to do and free rushers come in. And it's like, I don't think that's really on the quarterback. That's on coaching. Like this is, it's been a bad season for Matt rule, but not fixing your problems. That's like, that's like a sign of bad coaching being a touchdown underdog to this saints team. Also a sign of bad coaching. Right. Obviously, everyone's down in the Panthers. Yeah, when Darnold came in, and I, I thought that was madness watching the game on yeah, Monday, the way they just kept on – Rule kept on swapping Sam Cam and, and Sam Darnold. It was like, what are we doing here? And Cam can't get anything going. And then Darnold, he's got people in his face immediately, and he's throwing short of the sticks at the turf. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is impossible uh, to watch. Uh, but New Orleans will have a pulse if they can take care of business. All right, it's a Mark Sessler pick now. Um, let's give him because I know. Remember, he- sorry to cut you off, Dan. Yes. It just makes me laugh that every time I see how bad Cam Newton's playing, I picture a text coming in from Wes before I even sent it that says, "We know you think Cam Newton sucks." <laughs> he will send that. <laughs> he would send that all the time, so I always smile. Yes, you never let Cam off the hook for uh, his misogynistic comment uh, about what was it? A female reporter watching. Game yeah, that was just. He was, he yeah, was so blown was- away. Yeah, that was. I understand was you ridiculous. are you're of the female species, but, but I could look past yeah. it if he was species. better. But he sucks. <laughs> Different species. You could have if Cam Newton was 2015 Cam Newton, you would have been agreeing with his take. Uh, oh, 100 percent. I'd be like, get that female out of the room. <laughs> get that member of the species away. Out. Um, but he wasn't very good on the Patriots, and he wasn't very good on the pan. Oh, and five, in fact, I'm. I didn't think it would go that bad. He's been, he's been. I think he can be a good backup. He has run a lot. It hasn't been great, but I, I've seen worse backups for sure out there. It's a matter of whether he wants to do it. You uh, want to put he, a sandwich wager because this has come up a couple times now. I don't think Cam is interested in playing the backup game for a couple of years. That's what I thought about, like Flacco too, who similar career and similar summers, obviously. How? I just thought that they would be done. They've both made a lot of money. They've been at the top of right. the game in terms of contracts and, and winning in you know making the Super Bowl winning. Um, and I just didn't think they would have the desire to. to I feel be like Cam is ready to start a backup. fashion line or something. I think Cam seems I'm not like a guy that a has sandwich on it. But I All think right. if he wanted to play, he could he could keep playing. Is my point? Yeah, not a lot of great tape here, but he can still move. Obviously, and was a red zone threat. You're right. All right, pause right there. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. 
Mark, perfect game for Mark. I feel like we know Mark so well because sometimes he's a little predictable in certain ways when it comes to his foot, football analysis that he wants, he needs you, that what a Jacksonville man. Patriots game. He wants that because he loves Belichick um, more than anyone on the podcast. I, I firmly believe that. No, I love and, Belichick. I love Belichick. And uh, so he wants, after Belichick got humbled by the Bills, uh, last week, uh, just uh, he wants to watch one of those classic like forty-eight to three Patriots games where the opposing young quarterback is seeing ghosts and they're getting to do anything they want. Josh McDaniels calls a a wide receiver uh, option pass for a fifty-yard score, like one of those games where New England is just having the times of the time of their life. It's at Foxborough and the guys are shooting the stupid muskets and. Everyone is having a grand old time. You sound uh, excited about it in New England. Like that's <laughs> that's coming, and I think it it will be good for them. This is a perfect time for the Patriots, who are licking their wounds a little bit after back to back very tough losses uh, to AFC contenders. That I think, uh, and sure, call me a Patriots hater. I don't care. I think what those two losses did for me, it it kind of slotted them in where I think they've always have been, which is they're a good team. They're a wonderfully coached team. They have some real pieces on both sides of the ball. The rookie quarterback can do some things, even if he's come down to earth a little bit here, but they're a step below the true AFC contenders. Uh, With that said, because they're such a good team with a great coaching staff, they will eat the Jaguars alive in this game. There couldn't be a spread high enough, uh, in my opinion, for this game. I think that's all right. I agree with where you slot them in the greater picture. It's kind of where I've thought they would be. You guys have gotten on me for not going crazy about them, but I think that's good. I mean, if they win these last two games and they go 11 and six and they're like the sixth seed, I mean, it going into the season, that would have been on the high end of, I I think what, like you could have expected uh, out of the Patriots. If they win and either Miami or Las Vegas loses, then they are in the playoffs because there is a doomsday scenario here where this game is a little closer than you think, and the crowd's getting grumbly, and it's sloppy. I've just been disappointed, I guess would be the word, in how sloppy it's been. Penalties, miscommunications. We know they're a little slow on defense at times. Lack of a pass rush, but a lot of mental errors. Their special teams, which is usually so good, has has had a lot of bad plays. And so that's uncharacteristic of the Patriots. It's kind of how they started the season, too. And um, they just have such a small margin for error in most weeks that they, they can't play like that. And just reading between the lines on some of these press conferences, Matthew Slater was one. Van Noy was another. I just, I'm wondering, what is, what is happening behind the scenes? Because it just seems like there's some frustration with that, I don't know, that some members aren't, you know, pulling in the same direction and we're getting a lot of like unpatriot like sloppiness. Uh, this is more of like a local Patriots beat issue, um, but it's definitely something I'm keeping an eye on. Wait, there are, you think there's some discord in the locker room? I don't know. I don't know. Or like that people were like celebrating too early with the, after the bills game, I, not maybe not discord, but just like Slater said something about like getting everyone on the same page and that the, it, and he's he's like the captain of this team. You know, he's the one that's been around the most. And that, I think he said something. I think he said it with a purpose. That uh, I don't know what it means or what it is, but that the that what's going on here is not good, not great vibes. 
Not great vibes. All right. Well, that's, again, a good reason to have the Jaguars come to town because yes. winning will get everybody back to a good spot, and they need a little confidence shot in the arm here. Um, I do see them as a playoff team. Um, yeah, the doomsday scenario is lose to Jacksonville somehow and then get beat by the Dolphins, and the Dolphins take your spot, right? Right. Or even beat Jacksonville and things work out. You know, the the Raiders and the Dolphins win this week, and then you lose next week, and there is absolutely a scenario you get knocked out then even at 10-7. and seven. Uh, If the I'm trying to think which they have almost every tiebreaker, so it's it's complex. Which I forget which scenario, but they they wouldn't be a winning in next. I mean, uh, a lose in in. All right, uh, last game of the draft. Uh, the pick goes to you. All right, I'll take. Uh, I was gonna take the Jets here. Um, do you want your Jets? I can leave that for you. It doesn't. Uh, really well, matter. I'll certainly have. An I'll eye leave, on them, oh, no, but... I'll leave it for you. I'll leave it for you. I'll take. Um, I'll take Falcons, Buffalo. Keep an eye on that Bills game. Don't expect it to be too close as my backup morning game. I was so impressed with what Josh Allen did last week. I thought I'd have to go through all the games, but I think it's on the short list of the best games any quarterbacks played all season. Uh, he just he was absolutely electric and almost perfect, I would say. I can't can imagine I, can anyone playing better. Yes. Um and I hesitate to bring it up because I, I agree with you. And I thought he was electrifying in that game. But it is funny how the how the NFL works, how sports work. Man, he threw an interception on like the second play of that game deciding drive. Uh, right. I think it was J.C. Jackson just holds on to the ball. I threw it right into his hands. Right. Still would have been even a great saw game. Stefan Diggs like went back to Allen was like, throw it to my chest. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, what are you doing? You almost blew the game. But then to Allen's credit, he made the most of that second life. It makes you think of Eli in Super Bowl 42. Sure. Uh, but I guess I've, I've heard Patriots, you know, that play has been brought up in New England this week and that's fine. It's like if the Patriots scored there, it's like I would have expected the bills to go score right back because they had the ball eight times and they scored every time. <laughs> right. So Don't like, get on me. Except, bills, except I'm not saying fourth. Josh right. Allen isn't special. Well, the Bills aren't special. It's just pointing out that, that right. these things that get overlooked sometimes. Right. He he had about 30 great plays, and he just – it was awesome. He, they should destroy the Falcons. I can't imagine – it's been too often in NFL history that a team with seven wins is a two-touchdown underdog here in Week 17. But right. that's, that's the Falcons. They're two-touchdown underdog. I mean, the Patriots were a two-touchdown underdog in the freaking Super Bowl, so I guess it happens. I mean, um, listen, the Bills got beat by Urban Meyer's Jaguars. So as, as well as they're playing right now, I suppose you could say there could be that somehow they come out flat in a, a, a game where they kind of look past the Falcons. And the Falcons, to their credit, They've hung around in a lot of games. Uh, they have a great record in, in close games. But at the same time, I, I'm with you. I think the more likely scenario is this game is 21-3 in the second quarter. Yes, I, I agree. And they're they're back. If you look at the preseason odds to win the AFC and the current odds, Kansas City 1-2 and two in the preseason, Kansas City and Buffalo 1-2 and two right now. <laughs> Buffalo a little longer. But to me, they're like a veteran-ish team that, they know like what's happened before sort of didn't matter. They just got to go beat these cupcakes here on the schedule, win the division, get a two or a three seed, and they're right back where they wanted, and uh, they should do that. Um, all right, so there you go. Um, oh, I didn't, I didn't break out my uh, my Matt Ryan hot take. That's no, not. Yeah, take, take. Go ahead, give us a take. Well, I just think he is the Dalton scale right now. 
he's the he's the median in which if you're above him, uh, you've got a quarterback. If you're below him, you don't. He's the median right now. That's yeah, guy right right now. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. That's all. I watch you him know. every single week. He's the exact same every week. It's like it totally depends on who the opponent is. He'll have a great, he actually played very well against the Lions, but he will not play well against. Was the he, he was the MVP four years ago or five years ago? Yeah, what yeah. Was that? I guess he's following more of a natural career arc uh, of guys in his prior generation, where he seems to be slipping in his mid thirties. We're honking too much. I shouldn't be throwing in extra points here. No, I was. I mean, I like the point. I think it's a fair point to make. And we'll be coming out with that episode a little bit later in the offseason, uh, the the updated Dalton scale. All right. Draft over. Close up the books. I think we did a good job with Mark there. I think he'll be happy. Miami at Tennessee, Houston at San Francisco, Jacksonville at New England. We know our boy. We know our guy. Mark, it that really, was for it you, It really buddy. was his draft. It really was his draft. <laughs> Thank you for what saying that. Yeah, well, you got it, buddy. You got it. All right, let's finish the rest of this. Let's start with. Um, we'll start with the the Jets and Tampa. I want to um say this, and this should be a slaughter. Uh, Tampa Bay should have no problem um putting up points against the Jets. Um, even in their still kind of downtrodden state physically, but uh, I do want to say I kind of because the Zach Wilson uh touchdown run, and then he had he's now he hasn't thrown a interception in a hundred pass attempts. Um. I want to just say that I'm, I can't help it, but I get in my feelings with, uh, Jets quarterbacks. And I'm not saying I'm in on Josh, on, uh, on Zach Wilson again, but I just need to just chill out a little bit. I got a little, I was like writing him off two weeks ago and I have to keep in mind he's a first year quarterback. He's on a bad team with a bad offensive line and banged up skill players. I just need to take a breath here, take a beat before we talk about replacing Zach Wilson. I apologize to Zach Wilson. Mm, the boy wow. the boy doesn't deserve to be doubted because he has not been put into a great setup uh, personnel-wise. He deserves more time, and that's what I'm going to give him. I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm not saying I think he's going to do it. I don't th- I'm not saying he's a bust. I'm taking a step back. Onward. Well, that's, it's important to get that out there before he plays uh, the Bucks. We'll see see what you say Sunday night when the Bulls Assans comes crashing down on him. I'm worried about him in this game. The Bucks are healthier in their back end than they've been all the year. Actually, I don't know if Winfield's playing, but they finally have all their cornerbacks back and Whitehead, their safety, who was out. He was one of those fake Vax guys, right? No, that was Edwards. He's back too. Like I, I noticed last week, and I know they had an easy opponent, but they were just getting very creative up front and that that worries me it's a tough matchup here this week for zach so i wouldn't surprise me if he has a disastrous game that's all i i hope not i feel like he's had some baby steps the last couple of weeks so we'll Absolutely. see if he does i agree i agree um and um you know i mentioned makai beckton earlier uh he is i think robert Sala said it's gonna take I don't know if it was a miracle. I don't know the word he was uh, used exactly, but he's not coming back. So it was a knee injury suffered in week one that was supposed to be a four to six week absence. And uh, 16 weeks later, he's not back and he's not coming back. And you start to hear some things. You start to hear some, you know, whispers about Makai Becton. And then you, when you hear whispers and then Robert Sala comes on a press conference and, and says the dreaded, this is going to be a big off season for Mackay Becton. 
I have some concerns that he's a mm. hugely talented left tackle with amazing upside, but does he have what it takes to be a successful pro? I think that's a, a question to the point where you might even hear some talk about the Jets looking at their offensive line at the top of the draft. I think it's wow. I think it's in play and something to keep an eye on here. It's funny because George Fant ended up playing pretty quite well for him, which was a surprise. It was a nice pickup uh, by by Douglas. That well, it's just a question. I think if Beckham has an NFL body, you know, he's such a unique body type. It's tough to keep the weight off. It, it also is, pro, you know, you just would think you're three six, three eighty. Can you stay in good shape and and stay healthy? It's that combination, you know, especially I, when you're rehabbing and all that. Sort it's of the stuff. drive, yeah. That's yeah. that's what you're hearing. Does he have the drive to kind of take? Because yes, the body is unusually large, uh, but he's was given a gift um, that he could be an all time type talent. Uh, but he has to kind of be all mm-hmm. in. That I mean, that would be. Uh, that's why the draft is such a crapshoot because there were those four big tackles in that draft class and the Giants picked first and Andrew Thomas didn't work out. And He's looked the, pre- okay, he looked pretty good this year, though, Thomas. He had a nice bounce back second okay. year before he Jedrick got hurt. Wills has been good for Cleveland. Um, who am I missing? Beckton, obviously, Worfs to the have Jets. turned into an all a Pro Bowl. There you go. Tampa, so it's like... Fourth one. And he was the consensus fourth, too. It's funny. Right. How that works. So it's just, it's just the way it works. And... Um, Obviously, if you can lock down a, a big-time left tackle, it could set you up for a decade and a half. The Jets now are in cross-their-fingers mode that this is going to work out, which is frustrating, but that's just the way it is. All right, so... Very very uh, quickly on the Bucks, yes. I've noticed how they went heavy personnel throughout last week. I don't know if that was just a matchup thing, but they don't have their wide receivers healthy. They were playing like two or three tight ends. Remember O.J. Howard? He's still on this Bucks team. I had almost forgotten. Um I just almost think like Brady gets off on this stuff of like, oh, how are we going to MacGyver this thing by playing like a sixth tackle and two tight ends? And we're going to like change who we are a little bit. They've been really hurt by injuries. And we'll see if they do that sort of approach again. But it, it might be a different looking Bucks team. And obviously they can still be effective, but it, it's just like they don't have wide receivers. Good ones. Yeah, we a little bit of an <laughs> apology uh, to Keishon Vaughn, who uh, took some fire on this show. Um, for me in particular, and then ripped off a 55-yard touchdown run early in that game last mm. week. Ronald Jones, I thought was good uh, as well in that game. And um, Mike Evans, I know what's his status? Is he out another week? He's here? week to he's week to week and not expected to play this week. But I think yeah, don't play him against the Jets. Dead. Yeah, give yeah, him that I extra week. And and Antonio Brown was targeted 15 times by the way, um, in his first game back. The Giants at the Bears. Uh, is this uh, is this a Justin Fields game? Do we get Justin Fields back? We don't know. He he returned to practice, so you would think, but we don't know. That's right, the, the only reason to watch this game. Uh, what's his name? Joe Judge said that they're gonna. <laughs> what's play. his name? I mean, I just couldn't think of it for a second. <laughs> he said he's gonna play Glennon and Fromm. He said they're both gonna play. So get it ready. It doesn't matter. Keaton. That sounds like a threat. You know what the best thing that ever happened to, e- to Fromm was that that game wasn't in primetime. I mean, he made Ian Book look like uh, Patrick yeah. Mahomes. That was is it was it was a tough scene, and um, and I like the Bears to win this football game. I think it the did, Giants might be the worst team in the NFL right now. I think they're probably the worst. It actually, yeah, I even thought about locking up the Bears, but who wants to even track that game? They with might any be type out of, of the passion. lock zone. That's Let how crazy say. this is. Let's see. It's, Bears, it's been around Giants. six and a half, seven all week. Six, yeah, I'm, you know, okay. Okay. I'm not going to touch that. But, uh, yeah, I think the Bears are in great position there. Yeah, I think the Gi- I really did weigh on the power rankings. Should the Giants be number 32 
because the Jaguars at least have had a little bit of competitiveness. Um, almost won a game last week. They if they deliver another total bomb, the Giants do fall to that thirty-two spot. That's how the season's gone uh, in New York. All right, let's move to Philadelphia at Washington. Uh, two more NFC East teams. Um, I was not very impressed by the Eagles. Uh, I know when you're playing the Giants, uh, it's tough to get up for that type of game. And for whatever reason, the Giants seem to give the Eagles trouble. But the first half against Washington two weeks ago, the Eagles are flat in that Tuesday game. Uh, they were horrendous until the third quarter against the Giants. Jalen Hurts has not been running the ball a lot. And I think you take that component out of the offense. Uh, they're not very special uh, to me, uh, but Washington seems cooked to me, so it seems like a good spot for the Eagles. Right, the Eagles are were three and zero in December. They could not have faced any less adversity to, to like get into this playoff position. It's like they they beat the Jets uh, at a low point. They beat the, a totally diminished Washington team, and they they beat the Giants with with the Frominator. I mean, it's just set the up perfectly. It's set up perfectly. <laughs> For them, and yet, it, like I, I think this is a legitimately good team on both sides of the ball, uh, and they're playing a team that's so banged up, and yet they're only uh, three point favorites in this game, which has me wondering. It's almost Vegas asking for you to take the Eagles, but I don't care. I'm taking it, uh, and I'm making it rain in Washington. Forget this football team right now. We're on a five and zero heater. Let's go Eagles! Races, car payments. Put in that new pool in the backyard. Get that driveway done. Raining a lot? You got some leaks? Get the roof done. The rainmaker takes care of your leaks. Hertz is a better passer, by the way, than people ex- okay. than I expected. Because okay. you asked that, I think, the Gonzo, or you mentioned it the other week. He doesn't make great decisions all the time. Now, that's pretty you know, typical of a second-year quarterback. And I, I think that's an issue for them if they play a good defense. But actually, just like his pure... Having a variety of throws, arm talent, I think he looks a lot better than he did Pocket as a rookie. Pocket awareness is a little bit of a thing. Ball sure, I, I agree with that. But I, I yeah. think just like people thought he was a little limited, a little bit as a passer, and I think he's a lot better than than people give him credit. Well, I guess, yeah, my official stance is kind of, I guess, now similar to where Gonzo was on our show. Uh, I'm just not feeling the Eagles that much, but a lot can It's change. more me like confirming my priors that this Washington team is a three and – 12 team masking as a six and nine team that got scrappy for a, a couple weeks. They're yeah. just a, a mess. And it's, it's a pick against Washington. Heineke that this look, he he's earned a nice long career in the NFL and he's under contract in Washington for very cheap next year. He'll be their backup quarterback or he'll compete with someone. But you know, the idea that he could be a starter week one is not a good idea. He played his, I think he's played his way out of that conversation the last few weeks. No, All right. But a good backup. Good. Backup. Yeah. Why not? All right. We'll pick another game right after this break. Uh, Denver at Chargers. Um, this is a game, obviously, that both teams need. The Chargers uh, just came across the wire seconds ago. Mike Williams was activated off the COVID list. Mike Williams not vaccinated. Joey Bosa not vaccinated. Uh, uh, Austin Eckler, um, he also landed on the COVID list. He was vaccinated. Uh, Got to get these guys back. But my thought on this, Greg, and it was I was going to bring it up on our television show that is now not happening um, this week, but we will be back next Saturday. So make sure you check out the broadcast. Um, come on, Justin Herbert, not putting the, this inconsistent play on you directly, but we love, listen, I love Justin Herbert. Greg, you love Justin Herbert. Chris Wessling loved Justin Herbert. 
There's a whole large pocket of the football cognoscente that loves Justin Herbert. So make us look good. Make us look smart and deliver another one of those like epic young Namath performances and get this team to the postseason. It's fair. In a, in a tough matchup. It. In a tough matchup because this Broncos team has kind of owned the Chargers in recent years. I know Staley wasn't there, but he was there a month ago when Denver put it on him. Kind of a weird game where Denver, their their strategy just hold the ball forever and then give up long drives actually work because they forced some field goals and suddenly the game was like over. But Herbert was a little mixed up in that game, kind of like Joe Burrow was when they played the Broncos. The Broncos defense, I think, has played its best ball the last five or six weeks. Drew Locke uh, is expected to start in this game. Um, but I'd be a little worried if I was a Chargers fan because that run defense, which has been a problem, can you get off the field when Javante Williams, that was the problem last week, uh, last time these two teams played, and Melvin Gordon are are running on you. And, and uh, Denver does have a lot of COVID issues, though, that are up in the air as as we talk. So we don't really know what, where they're going to be at roster-wise. Yeah, speaking of that, we didn't bring it up but because um, the Panthers are have so many other issues, but they were hit with a major um, breakthrough event uh, in their building. So that Saints game even more reason to think the Saints are going to take care of business. But um yeah, all right. Um and they're in the Chargers don't have many cornerbacks. I thought Drew Locke didn't do anything too poor last week actually. It wasn't on him. It was a weird game and uh it's a big game for him. I know this sounds silly, but like if he could have a great game in this spot, it, it would help his career, which is not good. I don't know. I'm a little nervous about this as a quasi Chargers fan even though they're like touchdown favorites. They finish home Broncos at Raiders, both winnable games, but Chargers history tells us they're not going to take care of business. They won't finish 10 and 7, and yet they should. So They should, but they need a little help too. They'll need the Dolphins to lose one there, I believe. I mean, it all there's a million X factors, but they are they are out of the playoffs, you know, they're going to need help. But I'm saying even as even if they somehow miss the playoffs at 10 and 7, the season would be successful to me. Uh, and it would be a big step forward. But if you if you charger this thing up and either split or God forbid lose both games and go eight and nine, it's like what do we, how we keep on getting back to the same place with this organization? It almost doesn't matter who's playing quarterback or who's involved in that building. But uh, take care of business. Broncos are not very good. Drew Locke's the other quarterback. All right, all right. We have one more game. Detroit at Seattle. Hey Ricky, do you have? Sound from Russell Wilson's media avail- availability on Thursday. Of course, I do. You know, I know. I know for me personally, you know, uh, you know, I, I hope it's not my last game. But you know, at the same time, I know it won't be my last game in the NFL. <laughs> so Russell Wilson asked, uh, you know, what his future looks like. Uh, does he think this could be his last game? No, it was unprovoked. I think Dan. Someone tweeted that without even asking him, he just started saying that. Hey, I mean, I I don't know if it's my oh, last really? game in Seattle. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was there it ready. Is. He yep. came. He came to the party with that line, and no one asked him <laughs> yep. the question he wanted. <laughs> and Dan, Sunday? you said, yeah, <laughs> He's trying you to said. control the news story. Like, he oh, said that this is the week. This, this is the would week. be the week. Right. I thought there was going to be a, a leak to one of his, the reporters that he's in good with. Uh, and would do carry some water for him. Uh, but he decided either that didn't work out or he just was impatient. It was like, I'll just say something myself to get the ball rolling here. I love this guy. And how about, Greg, how about you on social media taking some heat? I don't know if you're paying attention, but Ricky did a nice job oh, amplifying. Oh, I buried him by accident. Ricky did a really nice that. job <laughs> amplifying our Unsolved Mysteries segment, and you 
uh, with the take that you'd rather have Mac Jones over Russell Wilson. I believe you said easily. Yeah. It, it, really? It went viral. Like, it went, like, Seahawks Twitter went crazy. Wait, really? I, also, I, I didn't see it initially. Twitter was but like, I, oh, my God. I did uh, mute the conversation immediately, so I didn't. Um, I didn't Wait, know why? all that. Wow, that's interesting. Wow, so that kind of. But, I don't see want, that I don't he this, muted the I don't conversation. Want, I mute and yeah. block everyone and everything I want. But I mean, that's football uh, discourse. What do you mean? Right, right. But I'm not going to jump in. I don't need uh, a million people going back and forth, like reading that stuff. I don't. No, I they don't weren't back and forth. It. it was like unanimously, like quote tweets with gifs of like people being like drunk or stupid or like <laughs> was, deserved to be maybe, locked up. It was maybe aggressive, and I was thinking about it as I was talking. It's more like people claiming to never read like any work you write again because of your takes. Like it was hilarious. But this, don't you know, this happens like all the time. Like this, this This one stood out though. You actually, I don't, I can't remember too many times where someone said something on the podcast and you kind of took the, took the air out of the room. Like Mark and I had to process it because you had said it. I don't know. Cause it's funny because what you said and people didn't listen to the show was that we were talking about Russell Wilson and what it would, take if he was on the market what you would have to pay and i i threw out a scenario like would with the patriots you said mac and two first or something. mac and, and two like, first no, I'll just take and mac you over you Russ. dismissed it out of hand and i understood your logic but i was guess i was just so, so surprised um how confident you were that russell wilson was no longer a special quarterback and no, i thought maybe I, you dismissed I, that he's injured this year potentially still i'm not uh, totally confident know. i admit it i of course russell wilson could end up being um great again but right now would i want him or like a first round draft pick contract of a guy that looks promising i think i think that's a totally fair question it's not as clear because it's more about whether i I don't know you know it's more about mac jones that i'm worried about but i and maybe i'm overrating it because i do this silly column every week and i watch his games closely and it's been a year and a half and I and I'm thinking of some of the doubters of Russell Wilson of the limitations of his game uh, over the years, and maybe I'm thinking like, oh, now it's finally coming true that like when he's not a special athlete in terms of making plays on his own or whatever, he's definitely not good like in the short game stuff. Like I don't know if it's the height or whatever. Like he he does not fit. Well, he the, didn't get shorter from what? his heyday. Right. He's but what I'm height. saying is he's. So He's not 2000. good at like short passes, like at a short passing game, like the quick game stuff. That that's not him. He's never that's never been his thing. It's he's a chunk play and make plays on his own uh, and mid level, you know, mid intermediate throws, which is all great. But he hasn't been great like for a, a season and a half, and that does that does concern me. Like he's been mediocre this season. He's just has been, and people put it all on the finger, like. He said his finger was all great. Like the last two weeks were maybe his worst two weeks of the year after he looked pretty good for a couple of weeks. And then I also am thinking about like the second half of last season. I don't know. I could be wrong. I, I definitely am. I'm not. Don't back down now. Don't back down now. Double down. Well, I'm not backing down. down. I, I would I would stick with it. But I it depends on his situation. But if he's in an average situation, can he can he raise that situation like am i excited about him on the jets if i was you sure compared to where you are but i i wouldn't be that confident that he's going to be a top like seven or eight quarterback again and so if he's not then yeah i keep a first round pick in mac jones than than taking like a 30 million dollar a year guy much less what it would cost all right mac uh, and i'll 
so now that we've kind of delved in a little more, Mac and a first for Russ and a sixth. Wait, Mac and a first? Yep. Wait, you get... Wait, you <laughs> now I'm, my mind is... Uh, Mac wait. Jones and a first-round pick to Seattle for Russell Wilson and a sixth-round pick. No. Okay. You stand by the take. I respect it. Um, well, yeah, the pick the pick is huge in there, I feel like. The pick, the contract. Um, I Maybe it's my problem. Like, I'm looking. They've been both, like, mid-level quarterbacks this year. One's a rookie, and one's a guy who's not as physically gifted oh, well, as he used to be. you got to look at the track record, too, Greg. I and get Russell it. Wilson is I not 39 it. years old. Russell Wilson just no. turned 33. And he is somebody that lives and breathes it and, and is a, a gym rat. I, I know you mentioned Big Ben. It's like Big no. Ben and... Russell Wilson are very different personalities in terms of some preparation habits and drive on some level. Well, I don't big, know. And Ben was still good into his mid thirties. It's not that if he land, like if Russell Wilson lands on the Saints, like he's going to shred. If he lands in a great situation, he'll be great. But I would say that too of like, I would believe that of Mac Jones moving forward too. All right. To know. that point, like see if he landed with the Patriots, I would be furious because I could, I could just picture what would happen next. Patriots in the Super Bowl and him and Bill are on, are on the same wavelength. If he lands with the Giants, eh, maybe maybe I'm not as confident. But anyway, I'm not even confident that they win this game here. The Lions have been frisky. Uh, their defense has been playing fantastic. Uh, really, over the last two months, they've been quite good. I'm I'm so impressed by this coaching staff. Goff uh, is back this week. So is DeAndre Swift. Amon Ross, St. Brown's been getting it done. And uh, giving seven points to the Lions uh, is just too much. And that's why the Rainmaker's coming out one last time at the end of this show. Lions covering a touchdown in Seattle. Let's go. Bring that rain, Ricky. Oh, man, you are coming for Russell Wilson's throat. Your driveway's got potholes. Your kids need to get to prep school. You want that new iPhone? Follow the rainmaker. Follow the rain. All right. By the way, Lions ten and five against the spread this year, and I went and look. I feel like I've had a good feel of the Lions. I think I'm. I've gotten like eleven or twelve right of the Lions this year. I got the vibe here. I got the vibe. The Lions you got them locked in. I, I would not be surprised. They've been doing it all season. All right. Before we say goodbye, uh, we should absolutely acknowledge that Hall of Fame coach broadcasting icon, video game icon, John Madden, passed away at the age of 85, uh, passed away suddenly. He had been ill, but uh, was uh, said to be in, in in good shape. And then all of a sudden you get the news and it's uh, really sad uh, to lose John Madden. And uh, I don't know, Greg, if you have any me- a John Madden memory for me, and I've said it, if you listen to this podcast, you know, um, one of the reasons I fell in love with football is I grew up as a boy loving the NFL, and I, and I remember all those Sundays coming home from St. Margaret's and going to my grandmother's house on Sunday afternoons, and there's Poppy, my grandfather, on the, on the big brown chair watching the Giants, and those are the great Giants teams of uh, the 80s with LT and Phil Simms and John Madden's voice with Pat Summerall. That was like, to me... That was football, and and Madden was kind of the soundtrack of football in my formative years, so that's always what I think about. So um, that's how I remember Madden as the guy that's like, 
when I became someone who fell in love with football, it was Madden's voice that that soundtrack that. Yeah, he's incredible, and I um, I feel like we're doing a disservice almost talking about him here so late. But I've also seen and read and enjoyed so many remembrances of him over the last few days. That uh, you know, I think everyone hopefully is covered there because like the the all madden show i started watching it last night it's great it's so good um and i know nfl network has been airing a lot of stuff and it was just like when madden stopped announcing like games just became a little less fun it just was a fact (laughs) like there to me like a peak madden game was just it just is better it's as an experience it's such a tv sport than a peak any other game like you know i don't think it's just because we were kids like bomani jones wrote something about just like i think that's why people are so critical of color analysts is like everyone had so much fun and loved madden so much that it was such a it's almost like a downgrade to everyone else he spoiled us and he said he's such a good teacher you know he made like the x's and o's and like that's where I learned what a 4-3 defense is. Like, he made all that, like, fun. You know, his love for the game combined with his ability to teach is, was incredible. Yeah, and I thought in that uh, All Madden documentary, when they're talking about, you know, he was burnt out by coaching. He was fantastically successful um, as a head coach for the Raiders. Um, had a winning percentage that no one's ever uh, sniffed. He, uh, he won Super Bowls. And, like, he, he initially went back into teaching and was teaching a course on football, and then he didn't want to go into play-by-play or color commentary because he just didn't really respect the profession. Mm. And when he kind of got talked into it and eventually gave it a try, he went in there to change the way it was done to make it something that made people smarter. I mean, he saw a guy like, and no disrespect to Howard Cosell because he's a legend in his own right, but he saw the way Howard Cosell broke down a game, and he's like, that's not that's not smart. That's not the way, that's not how you could teach people more about the sport that he loves. So I think he took that. That was the baseline for how he got into the game as a broadcaster uh, to change it. And he absolutely did that. So the guys that you love today, whether it's Romo or Collinsworth, uh, whoever it may be, uh, absolutely indebted to the way Madden did it. And then there's a whole other generation of kids that know it from the video game franchise. And that's, very interesting that backstory it's not just like they took his name and slapped him on the box he was a major figure in making that uh video game series as popular as it's become to the point where when initially when there were um you know technology was not where it is now and when he was told oh we can't really do 11 on 11 madden was like that's a non-starter that's not football if it's not 11 on 11 figure it out like he was hands-on so like fascinating guy seemed like a really good person and uh, he will absolutely uh, be missed uh, football won't be the same without John Madden even if he w- really wasn't around uh, you know up front anymore just the, that you knew he was around and he would pop up every once in a while uh, it's it's a sad it's a sad week uh, because of this yeah people um, I, I haven't heard mention his books too much and I really they helped get me into football when I was younger he, I remember his first two books I mean it's such a Madden title it's called hey wait a, it's called hey wait a minute I wrote a book in parentheses um, and it's with Dave Anderson who was like this great New York Times football writer too and his second book I think was one knee equals two feet and I remember getting those out of the library and stuff and like the same 
the same way he taught about football on TV, where it was like funny and personable. Like it is a great starter pack, um, like for kids or adults of like getting into. So that's like another thing. And those were like number one New York Times bestsellers and all that. So that's like another another genre he dominated. And those books still hold up. I remember reading them a little while back. Good stuff. And find that doc, uh, all mad. And that actually came out on Christmas Day. So sad, the timing of it. But also he's prominently involved and interviewed uh, later in his life here. So you get that kind of last perspective uh, before he left us. And it's airing on Fox Sports a lot. So check it out, including tonight, if you happen to catch this before 8 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. All right. That's it. We will be back on Sunday. No broadcast this week. Um Hopefully, we'll all be together on Sunday, virtually. Uh, Mark Sessler, get well soon, my man. Uh, and um, Greg, you you stay out of the uh, the clubs. Uh, it's New Year's Eve tomorrow night. Ricky, I say that as a joke to Greg, but I'll, I'll, I say it seriously to you. I'm not going anywhere. Let's, let's not get too crazy in the party scene because we don't want to lose you, you know? Yeah, that would really be bad. Time. What are you going to do? Be- What's a Ricky Hollywood do? When there's a pandemic raging out of control and New Year's Eve is here, what is Ricky going to do? What decisions does Ricky make in this spot? Well, I traveled on Monday, so I'm still waiting to see, knock on wood, if I get sick. Been drinking a lot of immunity boosting and stuff like that. So just what trying about to Russell hang Wilson's in there. concussion water. Yeah, yeah. So all that, all that good stuff. Um, but no, I think just Emma and Brett are going to come over, and we're going to order some Chinese yeah. food. And well, Brett's you know, definitely got COVID. Like, Brett's a human super spreader, right? Yeah, he's no. asymptomatic. Like he's he, like, but he just spreads it. Just, One man yeah. super spreader, that Brett. Yeah, yeah. He's all over town. No, we we're all just we're going to order some Chinese food and make a charcuterie board. Pretty, oh, that's nice. Pretty wild. That's that's good. This is your last New Year's in your twenties. That's going I know, out. Oh, and it sucks. It's a smart way to do it though. New Year's Eve. Yeah. Overrated in that sense. All right. Yeah, for sure. Good stuff. All the listeners, happy new year. Have a safe, healthy new year. We'll see you on Sunday. Uh until then, keep calm. 